You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about rivers of living water, and right now, specifically, we're talking about the river of revelation. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to read two verses, verses 7 and verse 8. And it says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages or before time, For our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Basically, what Paul is telling us here is that the plans of God are hidden from men in this natural world and from the invisible spiritual forces that live in the atmosphere around this world. There is a devil, and there are fallen angels, and there are demonic spirits. And they do work to hinder mankind and to bring mankind into the slavery of sin. Now, a person who doesn't know these things, who doesn't believe in these things, a person who does not follow Christ is considered to be a natural man. And even when you do follow Christ, you may still have many of the characteristics of a natural man until you have until you learn how to operate spiritually spiritually operating is the ability to see by the spirit of god let me give you just a really quick and simple illustration of this i wasn't sure that i had received christ after i prayed to receive christ the reason i was looking for an amazing feeling There were a number of people who received Christ the same time that I did. I saw them crying. They were moved emotionally. The vast majority of them were like that. I didn't feel a thing. Therefore, I thought I didn't get anything. This was not real. I really didn't doubt that God was real. What I doubted was I doubted that he had accepted me. I thought maybe I messed up. Maybe I've committed some kind of a sin that... Is too deep for me to be forgiven. I didn't know. And so I was living as a natural person. I was judging my experience with God based upon things that I had seen with my physical eyes. Now, I was complaining about this to my uncle, who was a pastor. And uh, this is about a month into my walk with Christ. And I told him, I said, I'm not sure that I'm saved. I think I am, but I don't feel it. And he said, doesn't matter what you feel like. He said, did you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, died on the cross and was raised from the dead? Did you believe that? I said, yes, I did. He said, then did you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? I said, yes, I did. He said, then you're saved. He said, the scripture says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And he said, you're saved. Now you need to start saying that you're saved. It it was amazing to me. Immediately after that, as I began to say, I am saved, I started feeling like I was saved. But because I wouldn't say it, I had no confirmation. I was only going by feelings first. Natural people put feelings first. Even when they pray and ask God for something, if they feel good, 
they feel like God heard them. But if they don't feel anything, they don't feel as though he heard them. They base everything on their feelings. When you do that, you are operating as a natural man. Why are you called a natural man? Because you are paying attention to your own emotions, to your own circumstances, to things you see and hear around you. By the way things look after you've prayed, you may think that God didn't hear a thing. But I want you to see is that that's not the way that God called us to live. God called us to live by spiritual revelation. In other words, we know things and believe things that we cannot see in this immediate natural world. I didn't see Jesus rise from the dead, but I know that he did. I know he's real. I know that he is very much alive because I have engaged him in my spirit time and time again over the years. I have sensed his presence. I have heard his words. I have seen his ideas. His teachings have been made clear to me. I've read the scriptures that I did not understand. And suddenly I have the aha moment. I get it. I see that. And it was the Holy Spirit who made all of that happen. It is a process to learn how to live like that. You don't do it overnight. But you have to understand that it's there and that it's real, and you begin your journey. Now, a natural man does not comprehend that there is a holy God who will not accept sinful man as he is. God loves you, but God does not accept you as you are in your current condition. God wants to change you. You cannot go into eternity with Him with a sinful heart. Why is that? Is it because God is just so mean? No. God is very protective. And if He begins to take all of this sinfulness into His family and into His heaven, what will happen? we will be back to where we started in no time. The sin will be everywhere, and the suffering will be everywhere. So God has chosen not to allow that into his family, but he has also made a way for that to be taken care of, and it's an amazingly simple way. It is through the cross of Christ. So let me read to you 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the message of the cross is foolishness, to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So natural people think it's stupid that Jesus died on a cross. They don't believe that a loving God would deal with people who sin or who are rowdy or disobedient. They don't believe that. It takes then a work of the Holy Spirit to convict a sinner. In other words, to make a sinner to understand that he is not right with God. Now I got to tell you, the last thing that the spirit of this world wants is to make you aware of your sinfulness. I didn't want to be reminded of my sinfulness. I didn't want people to talk to me about it. I didn't want people to talk to me about church. I didn't want people to talk to me about God. It made me uncomfortable. 
I resented it when I saw someone's bumper sticker that I read before I wanted to read it. It said, where will you spend eternity? That bugged me. I didn't want to think about that. I was convicted of my sins when I heard things or read things like that. And so only by the power of the Holy Spirit can you be convicted. Listen to John 14, 7 and 8. Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. Of sin? Because they do not believe on me. He says that the Holy Spirit will convict people, not of getting drunk, not of doing drugs, your own conscience will deal with you about those things. What the Holy Spirit works on when he comes to you and says you're guilty, he tells you, you have not accepted God's remedy. You have not accepted God's gift. God's gift to free you and to set you free from sins is Jesus Christ. And you hadn't accepted that. That's conviction of the Holy Spirit. And it takes the work of the Holy Spirit to do that. Now, unsaved people... People who don't know Christ are totally blind spiritually. They do not see these things. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Paul said, but if our gospel is veiled or if it is hidden, it is hidden to those that are perishing. In other words, he said, here we are, we're preaching this openly. But he said, there's some people who don't see it. And the people who don't see it are the ones who are dying spiritually. He said, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Here's what he said. He said, the God of this world, who is Satan, has blinded the eyes and the minds of those who do not believe. Now, if you have a loved one who does not know Christ, you need to pray for them accurately. If you want your prayers to be heard, you must pray scriptural prayers, prayers that are in agreement with God's Word. I, I marvel how many people pray without paying any attention to the Scripture at all. And if you're not paying attention to the Scriptures and you begin to pray, God's not going to hear it. God is going to hear those who bring his word to him. He said this in the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah, put me in remembrance. He said, remind me. He wants you to pay attention to his word and bring that word back to him. That's what he wants to hear. Those are the kinds of requests that he, uh, he hears. So how do we pray for an unsaved person? Number one, you don't pray, God, save my cousin Charlie, save my brother Joe, save my Aunt Nancy. That is not what we do because God's already saved them. He already sent Jesus to the cross and allowed him to be crucified and then raised him from the dead so that your loved ones could be saved, so the whole world could be saved. So praying that God would save them is a fruitless prayer. What you need to do, on the other hand, is this. You need to say, God of this world, I have authority over you. Jesus made it very clear we have authority over the devil. You stop blinding the mind of my cousin Pete or my Uncle Joe or my Aunt Nancy. I take authority over you. I command you to desist. Stop every maneuver 
that you're working to blind my unsaved relative. You take authority over the God of this world who blinds their minds. Then here's the second component. You need to pray that God would send a laborer, Jesus said. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send a laborer into the harvest. That's how you need to pray. God, send someone to Aunt Nancy. Send just the right person to her. It might not be you. You see, a lot of times we think that it has to be us. If we have a burden for an unsaved relative, we think it's got to be us. Sometimes we are not the ones who will have influence over them. I'm not saying that you can't. But I'm saying that in most cases, it's probably going to be somebody else. So you pray, God, send a laborer. And it's amazing how God does that. Now, one of the things I have learned over the years is this. If I will be faithful to be used of God to share my faith with other people, it's amazing how God works in my family because I've been used of God to work in somebody else's family. So God returns those favors, but he will hear your prayer when you pray, send a laborer into the harvest because Jesus told us to pray exactly that way. That's why you can have the greatest confidence. So the person who believes the gospel is suddenly able to see, oh boy, I'm in trouble with God. I'm a sinner and I need to be changed. Then he sees that Jesus is alive. He sees Christ as resurrected and it's the Holy Spirit who gives him that ability to see it. Now, what I want you to understand is seeing this reality that Jesus is resurrected is amazing. Countless thousands and thousands of people have died refusing to renounce the resurrected Christ even though they did not see him. They knew in their hearts that he had genuinely risen from the dead. So, when we are born again, we are given the Holy Spirit to begin to see not just our salvation, not just our need for a Savior, but everything else that God wants to give us. 1 Corinthians 2.12, and I'll close with this. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. God has so much more for you than what you've imagined, but you'll never see it without the Holy Spirit working in your life and you knowing how to recognize Him and how He works. We'll pick up here tomorrow. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.